0: Welcome to the Scottish Rugby podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby blog. I am Cammy Black. Um I'm back after my my, wee, my wee holiday. John's not here though. Um Johnny's just put Johnny just mentioned that in the private chat. I should have told you, Johnny, John's not coming this week. He <laughs> yeah, good band to know. Practice. he had band practice last night and he's having a night off tonight. so no rest. Um after you after you thank and also thank you to Johnny and Craig who was tonight filling in last week with me being away in um john john being unable to speak it went well <laughs> apart from apart from johnny you peddling cow medication for humans. <laughs> hey listen it's spreading well you know, everyone's peddling it now it's going to spread unless you get proper human medicine for it <laughs> um
1: we
2: shouldn't talk about johnny's ailments
0: <laughs> <laughs> speaking of your ailments johnny how was the weekend
1: it was brilliant yeah yeah really good fun uh, nice to catch up with everyone. Good game. otherment did its job. I'm not in too much pain, so no, it was yeah. really good fun. And when I checked this morning, we we're over three thousand pound raised for for Melanoma UK, which is brilliant. Which, yeah, good see, effort from everyone.
0: Seventeen nil up a year and then the uh, they brought sort of brought brought on their entire first team.
1: Uh, yeah, they brought on at least six of their first fifteen, including their first fifteen captain. Um, so we we ended up losing. which I thought was pretty good considering that uh, most of the squad had never met each other before Saturday morning Uh, and the the 12 or so players who had played together and met each other before, uh, as soon as they arrived in Southport on Friday night, went out on the piss uh, until about (laughs) three o'clock on Saturday morning. So, um, yeah, when we all first woke up on Saturday morning, we we were talking about trying to keep it to double figures. So... Uh, to be winning and then only lose by three points, I was pretty happy with. That was pretty good.
0: Yeah, and you've reviewed your own performance because someone's reviewing <laughs> it. I've reviewed the good bits. No, I yeah. no.
1: To be fair, I've reviewed the bad bits as well. <laughs> they just took a bit longer.
0: I was. I heard tell that at one point you insisted you were not off your feet at a rock, but then I'm watching it back now, cannot understand how I how you insisted thought
1: that. that for a good two days um, on the sideline. At the time, I was very respectful to the referee, but I did question it. I, I was fairly insistent on the sideline that I definitely wasn't off my feet. By the time I was getting the car home, I was like quite furious about the fact that I definitely wasn't off my feet. Repeatedly said to my wife in the car, I don't think I was off my feet there. I really don't think I was off my feet. And then we, the Southport have got one of those VO packs. So we did get the whole game. We could watch the whole game, which is uh, interesting. Um, and, and I was sitting watching it on Monday night when we got home uh, and my wife just leaned over and went is that the one where you said you weren't off your feet and I am very much like barely flopped over and rolling about <laughs> <laughs> so yeah typical. okay on further video review I was pretty off my feet
0: that's a typical fullback though Craig isn't it? it
2: just doesn't know how to control himself in contact but, um, and also, <laughs> not only that, but also bores everyone else with with his uh, uh, his point to point breakdown of his performance during the week.
1: <laughs> I've got a new video for you, Craig, of the uh, of the kickoff where the winger called for it and then left it. So I grabbed it just as three of their forwards arrived. So I'll maybe send you that one later. Oh, not again! More videos, <laughs> oh. If you do, listen, if you don't want to see me getting smashed by three forwards, you don't have to watch it. Oh, I might watch that. Right, you want to stick that on your only fans,
0: Johnny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, if you're watching live at the moment, we're live on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Um, you can also get an extended version of the podcast if you're on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby podcast. And for £3 a month, you get uh, not just the normal episode where we talk about what's happened this week in Scottish Rugby, but you also get a wee bonus episode where we we have a little bit of a rant and put the world of rugby to rights as well. Uh, we're on audio podcasts as well, Apple podcasts, Amazon podcasts, Google podcasts. Anyway, you get your podcasts and that bonus podcast for patrons. It comes out as an audio podcast also. So tonight, um, we are going to start by talking about the TikTok Six Nations uh, game, uh, Scotland versus France, Craig. Um, it's i feel like we're back here again after the England game and the Wales game and looking at the stats and watching the game scotland put in a very strong performance and the scoreboard doesn't necessarily reflect that
2: um yes yeah um uh, this week i i felt a little bit more that scotland had lost our confidence um and and i feel that watching the game we had some Phenomenal um, individual performances, but it just didn't seem to link up. Um, and I actually think if, if if a lot of the plays had linked up, we could have maybe had a better scoreline. Um, so it was an interesting one. Um, my uh, I have an absolute affinity with Christine Bellisle. I think she <laughs> was absolutely, you know, for the tight head props out there, um, come on. She was absolutely phenomenal and she was performing incredibly well. The scrummage was good. We seemed to, you know, take uh, take France um, a little bit aback with our scrummaging and we performed very, very well. But I, I just felt there were just little instances and little issues that I think we could if we could knock those out, I think we could actually be a far stronger play- a far stronger squad.
0: I actually thought, Johnny, that the the, the defence looked much better than it had done against, say, England. There, there weren't the kind of holes around the ruck, especially kind of at the try line when the scramble defence was there. They, they were... I don't know if it was just better organised or everyone kind of just knew their role a bit more and it's, it's clear that they'd been working on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... I didn't see the game obviously because we were away uh, over the weekend, mm-hmm. so I kind of had to keep up with it online and and was watching the Twitter feed on Sunday afternoon and stuff and and it certainly did seem obviously you can you can see from the scoreline that the defense has been better organized this week than they have been before um, just. I don't know, there still seems to be something, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but there's some some sort of, there's a clinical edge missing, I think, from Scotland. They've got the talent. It's, that's, that's been obvious across all three games. But you,
2: there's just you, something... You know the answer, Johnny. You know the answer, Johnny. <laughs> there's not, there's, you know, it's not, it's, you can, you can we can dance around the subject on a regular basis and we can, you know, and, and the team needs, the team needs, far more time together and the the players need to be able to you know for example for me, we've just had this conversation i've just had this conversation with my wife and we've been sitting discussing it because i wanted to come on all positive and i wanted to not discuss um paying players i didn't want to discuss professionalism i wanted to discuss something else about the game because the the the, the, the scotland team are worth more than me just constantly banging on about um, how they should be paid but if you if if you sit and watch, um, uh, I think it's Maxwell, the nine,
0: mm-hmm. the
2: nine, 10, 12, the movement of the ball is, you know, very rarely did the ball hit exactly where you're expecting it to hit, which is in front of the body. It was up at the head or it was down close at the knees. Most of the time it was up at the head. The the minute that that ball is above your head, then you're having to think about getting you know catching it. You stop your run, etc. And that can all be eradicated by you know, right, Jenny. Today you are uh, in a gym in the morning. After you after the gym, you're doing a hundred passes off the floor, both both arms. Then you go and go into training because you're being paid to do that job, and that's what you do. That that's that's going to be the that is the you know depending on obviously whether they're uh whether she you know she decides to come in as a professional rather than um, or, or you know uh if she's got a higher paying job but that's the that's the sort of thing that happens with professional men's rugby you get that time to to work on those issues and if and and if we are if we are, and that's what the red roses do um so as far as i'm concerned you know we, we can we can continue the the conversation and 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 let I've, I've I've had my rant, but I just think there are a lot of things that can be changed.
0: No, I think and I think if, well, let's have the discussion again because it's worth having again. And I think I'm every week I come on and I'm the same as you, Craig. I think well, let's not let's try and not talk about it this week. But I think the problem is if you if you don't talk about it, then everyone everyone just hope that there's probably a section that's just hoping that this discussion goes away. And I don't think, particularly when we're talking about Scotland-France and the setups in France, we can't not talk about it. We can't not talk about, I mean, the fact that the Scottish scrum did what they did to the French scrum is phenomenal given the position that Scott, Scotland are in and the players mm. for Scotland are in. Now, that to me says you, you invest in those players and they can be better than, you know, they can be better than, they can be even better. So imagine mm. what they do to the French scrum then. And there was definitely, a mark, I mean, there was definitely a marked difference for me in the delivery of the ball at nine when Katie Mattinson came on. Yeah, Katie definitely. Mattinson comes from, uh, you know, the Red Roses background, mm. so the time that she'll have had developing a game, and I think it's just, you know, it, it's night and day to what Jenny Maxwell will have had. Now that's not to say that, you know, that, that anybody's a better player than anybody. Oh, wow. It's just the the execution is different and especially I think if your speed your speed and accuracy from nine you cannot you cannot play a game of rugby or you can't play the game that you plan to play unless the speed and accuracy from nine's there.
2: Well that's the that, for for me, you know, rock speed is is the current the current um buzzword or buzzwords um in within international and professional rugby. But it's because the defences are getting better and better and france's defence was had had scotland rattled quite regularly and had their attack rattled quite regularly on the weekend um, the way to solve that problem is your ruck speed because you, you have strong strong um, uh, strong set piece strong rucks etc with your forwards which suck more and more players in and then you if, if you're getting that quick ball out of the the back of the ruck and it creates some space the issue we had was we were too slow around that area, um, and uh, and and it. You, if you're looking at that 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 nine, 10, 12, that ball has to move down that line quicker, and unfortunately that wasn't happening as much as, as as it should have. Sarah Law improved improved that a little bit as well when she came on. There was a, she seemed to you know it seemed to almost settle a little bit, um, but the, the accuracy wasn't there.
0: It's it's actually looking at the stats, Scott. I mean, the forty seven percent of Scotland's rocks recycle was was less than three seconds. So it's got to be the accuracy. It's like you said. It's where the ball's going. If the ball's not going in front of the player to run onto, then you're already on the back foot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do we, I've got a what, question about this, Craig, and and you might you've obviously got a lot more experience than, than me in this area, so you might shoot me down straight away. But is there an element maybe? that Scotland women aren't being held to the standard that they maybe should be because they're not professional. Like you're saying that Jenny Maxwell, if she was a professional, should be told you're going to do 100 passes off of each hand before training, which is what you would do if you're a professional. So is there is there maybe and like I could be completely on the wrong course here and you might be able to say no that's like that's nonsense. but is there maybe an element that the coaching staff are saying if this was your job, I would not accept that, but it's not your job. So you can't really turn up to them and say, and you can't turn up and take a strip off someone and say you're not good enough, you need to be doing this better. You haven't done your job here because it's not their job. Or are they not being held to that standard because they know that that they're not being paid for it?
2: Uh, I don't think Brian Easton would, you know, whether he's got fully professional or fully amateur players, I don't think he's, he's, his standards would be any different. Um, I think it's more the fact of you can only you can only demand a certain level from a player who is whose sole focus is rugby. Their job is to come in on a Monday morning and spend eight hours within your within their job doing rugby things. That sounds really basic, and I don't mean to. Yeah, no, it, that's
1: that's kind of what I'm getting at. though. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah.
2: But uh, sure. but I certainly don't. I certainly don't think Brian Easton is going oh, like like. I'll example, let you off for that. Yeah, and and that's that's what I was kind of saying. We're talking with my wife earlier on about is the fact that I'm fed up of of saying, um, you know, I don't want to. I, I wanted to come on tonight and not not have a go at the players about their skills and about their 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 their, um, their accuracy etc. Because they're doing a fantastic job and they've and they've they they've, they have they have um, uh, their, their gameplay, they're they're a different team to two years ago. They're a far 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 better team than two years ago. The problem you have is that now now we're at a point where we, we are we are now demanding more. I don't want to be sitting back and going, well, you know, that's what we get because we, we only you know our players are are being supported um, by the SRU, um, and and that can be. Individual support can be anything from just patting them on the back to 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 giving them expenses to get to training, etc. That uh, it just doesn't cut the mustard for me.
0: It's it's interesting because because Rachel Malcolm said at the end of the Wales game we hold ourselves to professional standards. Yeah, but that you, you can anybody can do that. Anybody can say well, we hold ourselves to professional standards, and I have no doubt that they do that 100. percent But you can't hold you you you. you you can't fully hold yourself to professional standards, or you're not able to. Rather, I should say, you're not really able to 100% meet professional standards if you're not given a professional environment in which to operate. And that's not within. That's not something they they're knocking at the door trying to get that, and they're not getting it. And it's frustrating this week. I think that you know, Craig. You know, you, met, you mentioned on the group chat earlier about you know the early announcement that they're given. What is it, eighteen? Should eighteen. 25 part-time contracts yeah. and it's a clear, I mean, I think we said probably a couple of weeks ago, look, you, you look at the Wales and the Scottish model, they're probably maybe in terms of money being put in an investment in time. It probably it might be the same, but I think the difference is that Wales and now Italy have made very clear statements of intent about what they're doing. What and and, and that has to be, you know, when, when, the organisations are making public statements. That's got to give the players a little boost as well. But what what we have in Scotland is, you know, Brian Eason's having to kind of say in an interview, you know, in the context of an interview about like a whole host of other things, not just about professional rugby saying, well, we're we're doing what we can. We're helping people here and there. There there was no big announcement from the SRU about that. Mm -hmm. It was just something Brian Eason has said. That's the only reason we know about it. And to a certain extent, I I feel for Brian Eason because that's not the head coach's job. Mm -hmm he should be able to focus what the players and Brian Eason should want, and all the coaches should be able to go in there and have a professional setup and concentrate on the rugby. Brian Eason shouldn't be worrying about whether his players have got pressure from the university, pressure from the jobs. That that should be, somebody should be dealing with that so they don't have to think about it, if that makes sense. And I think we, we haven't had... And it's a failure of it's a failure of communication, I think, from the SRU that we, we haven't had any statement of intent from the SRU. Brian Easton says, uh, you know, that there's this ambition to be part of the Premier Fifteens. There's been no official statement from the SRU about that, and yet all the other unions are making these big bold statements about the future of women's rugby in what is supposed to be a landmark Six Nations for women's rugby, sponsored by a big huge multinational brand, and yet, you know and Scotland are competitive in this but we haven't had any big announcement or big statement about the future of Scottish rugby from the SRU it's it's you
2: know it's 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 almost absolute silence and it's almost to the point of um, if we keep quiet no one will ask us about paying the players it's almost like let's you know and it, and it's this is This is what's frustrating me the most and I, and I may you know that I, I think I had a conversation on Twitter today and I, and it was it was it was almost the fact of well actually I think you might be slightly wrong with your details Craig and I accept that sometimes i, I do get things wrong the issue I have though is the fact that we're still having this conversation we're still ha- you know we're still having this we're having the conversation yes or you're not having the conversation um they couldn't even come out and tell us why. We're not in the We're not in the situation of the the, the, um, the RFU, WRFU. Why aren't we um, in the same situation as as you know? Why aren't we Why aren't we trying to compete, or are we trying to compete? Maybe maybe the SRU have a have a master plan, but they're not communicating it, and it's frustrating because we see the results that the team are getting when they're still having to think about their jobs are still think, having to think about getting the money together to get to training and and, and to, to to do everything that they're doing, along with their professional career that they're playing rugby at, at, at the clubs that they're going and playing at. So it's just frustrating and it gets, you know, and I'm frustrated, God help, what the women are frustrated about, you know?
0: Yeah. And then it was, that, you know, and I think that's frustrating because the SIU are obviously doing... Things behind the scenes. We just don't know what it is. And so, therefore, it's hard to compare. I mean, you, you know, had the clips of the under 18s women's game against France. And there's that, you know, if anyone's seen it on Twitter, they score a try within 17 seconds. Mm-hmm. Now, you think about the state of, from what I know, and Craig, you'll know more than me, but the state of women's rugby at, at youth level in Scotland is, you know, you'll have if you're if you play rugby if you're lucky you'll have a club nearby they'll have a setup but most people are going to have to travel a considerable distance to find a club or you're going to have to have clubs putting people together and having exhibition matches so to have an under 18 setup against france where i would imagine now you set up much more advanced to score a try within 17 seconds and it was a bloody good try we won that, the game you know, as well. I, yeah, I mean film. that 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 pays test. I think that says a lot about what the efforts are going in from people who aren't paid anything to do it, and there's a lot of investment go. There's a lot of investment of time and effort from people who aren't in charge, and probably, if they were in charge, would make the decisions to invest more heavily. And there isn't that. That's not being backed up from the SIU in terms of cold hard cash. In the same way that the boys in the men's game is,
2: yeah, um, it definitely uh, you, you definitely look at the 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 pathways and the 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 funding that goes into the boys and men's game, and then you look at the pathways. Now, okay, fair enough. The, the women's game you could say is 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 fairly new in uh, uh, to to rugby. They aren't, you know, because They've been. Uh, I can. I can hear uh, my good friend Kath Vass already shouting at me, telling me, "You know, I've been around. You know, she. She about two seasons ago before I gave up, she entered her thirtieth season. Um, you know, so she. You know, women's rugby has been strong in Scotland. The, the The problem you have is that is that is starting. the The youth setup is starting to kick in now. We've got a lot more girls um, teams coming together. The internationals have become more and more to the fore because they're starting to play more games because obviously, you know, um, a fair few years ago, there weren't the level of, or there weren't the volume of games played because there wasn't that many international teams put together. So it's it's coming together, but the funding's not there. Um, and, you know, you look at, I know quite, you know, a few people that are involved in the Tayside and five girls section which is which is kind of moving towards cali caledonia region and they're all doing that um you know volunteer wise and they're bringing together players that, that are then going through to the under 18 scotland and it's it's quite the, the level of commitment that's coming from the players and the coaches in that's in those sections is quite dramatic and quite staggering um, and yeah, and uh, you know, um, we we have to take our hearts off to them to provide such a strong under eighteen section.
0: Yeah, and and the fact, Johnny, that you know, it's all very well and good having this good, very good Scotland women's team right now. You know that are in to take England and France out of the mix in the Six Nations, but they're just they're competitive now with with the other teams outside of England and France in the Six Nations. And that's great and it's and it's obviously inspiring a new generation of players, but you, you can't rely on unless there's investment at that level, you can't rely on goodwill to produce players good enough to come in and you know step up to that level. You can't maintain a good Scotland women's team without investment in grassroots and investment in, in a professional level as well.
1: Yeah, and the the G thing has women right at the middle of it. I forget what the third W is, but it's it's like well being, women and something else. And so if that's gonna be the focal point of your strategy and the main thing, because they did a big post COVID review. They were like, this is what we're gonna focus on. This is our plan now. Right. Okay, well, you've put women right at the center of that plan. It's in the title. You need to back that up now and back it up properly.
0: Yeah. So back to France game.
1: <laughs> Got out of our system now. Got that out of our system.
0: And it's good because we need to talk about it on the main pod. I don't want to stick it behind a paywall. I want to keep having these discussions. I think it's important that we do. Absolutely. Um, but it was, you know, like I said, it. There's, there, there, there are lots to like about how Scotland are playing. It's just, like you said, Craig, just the execution. It's things like, and it's decisions as well. I mean, that third France try to box kick on your own line is, you know, that's not a decision anybody should be making. You normally kind of throw it back to your 10, who's then got more time to to kind of boot up the field. And it's little things like that, I think, that are letting Scotland down at the minute.
2: Yeah, I... Uh, absolutely. Um, I, th- I think if you look at Scotland as a whole, uh, if you look at Scotland women, um, they went into the game against England um, with a game plan to take them on as as hard as they possibly can. They took them on. They, they, we all were quite taken aback at their performance. We're not taken aback, it's the wrong word. They, were, they, they put in a very good performance and we were very pleased to see the performance they put in. We then go up against Wales and, and and it's the little things, as we've just talked about, that, that, that come into that. I think we had the beating of Wales, but we we're away from home in a stadium that was very noisy, very full of Wales fans um, on all sides, etc. Um, so I think that had a small effect on us um, within the game. And then you come to the French game, and um, the. It's our home game, and I, I felt that we, you know, Scotston isn't the most ideal place for it because were, you know if you look at the stand, they only opened the main stand; they didn't open, they didn't open the other stands that surround the pitch. Whereas at, at the Dam Health, and I'm not saying the Dam Health's better. I'm just saying that um, they surrounded the players on both at least both sides at the Dam Health. So they had noise from both sides, whereas with 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 Scottsdale, I felt that it's
1: a little bit. I have to say, I'm not very pleased with 2,600 people at Scottsdale. No,
2: yeah, that's yeah.
1: that's what half of what we had, and and I get it's England, not it's France, not England. It was a Sunday, not a Saturday, and all of that. But but that's half of what we had at the England game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: They, did, they just sold out Kingsholm the day before for England and Wales, 14,500 people. Like, two and a half is not a lot.
0: I think the problem is that they've prioritised Ember over the women. Mm. And I think they should have had a, found a solution to Ember, should have played elsewhere, if I'm honest. I don't know how you solve it. I don't know whether they could have stuck both games on, one game on in the big house and the other one on at the dam. But I think it was a mistake to play that game at Scotston. If they're going to make the dam, the kind of, if they're going to say the dam's the women's home ground now, mm. don't stick them out at Scotston halfway through a tournament.
1: It was great at the dam as well. Like and and again, you know, you do have to caveat it all. It was the first game of this big new tournament. It was England and all of that, but the dam was jumping for that game. Yeah.
2: But how? Do, but then again, then again, Edinburgh, Edinburgh played on Friday night.
1: The truth. There's yeah. Plenty,
2: there's there's plenty of time to get it ready for, for the national team. Sorry, Johnny, I interrupted you there. But just, no, no, I
1: was actually I was finished,
2: Johnny. <laughs> sorry. Um, don't want really to be accused of interrupting. Um, but I think um I think the, the, the you know uh, going back to your original point of decisions made. Um, all of that comes into you know if you've got the crowd with you, your decisions then become clearer. I don't know how how to put that across, but when you're playing with a crowd. And and are cheering you at every everything that goes well it it almost gives you that momentum that you that that you any any bad decision kind of floats out your head and and everything's a good decision if you know what I mean your confidence raises higher um, and I just I, I was I just feel there was a, f- a few things that were there was a few mistakes by players there was a few mistakes yeah. by the SRU um, but, and,
0: yeah because it makes you feel like I mean you can see it would make you feel like the poor, it would it would pee me off. I'd be paid off if I was a woman and i had been shunted out to Scotston after the big fanfare of oh, the dam and we'll play the women's game at the dam and the atmosphere. You know, all of a sudden you're like, I'm not, And this isn't a slight against Scottsdale. It's just, it's not Murrayfield. So I think that's the whole idea is they're, they're playing in mini Murrayfield. They're playing, this is the women's home ground now. And there's something about that. And, you know, being shunted around doesn't help. I like the fact that they were given the Scotland dressing room to go and sit in and get you know that that you know that was that shows I think uh, a commitment and uh, you know from the SRU as an organisation to say we hold you in this high regard we're going to put you in our brand new stadium next to the National Stadium and you get to use the the big changing room the national team's changing room because you're our national team yeah whereas and it is. We've got like, a game speak- on Friday night for Embra. Sorry, girls, you're going to have to go and uh, jump on the bus to Scottsdale this weekend.
1: Speaking of jumping on the bus, it is not that easy to get to Scottsdale.
0: Nope.
1: Nope. Like, the dam and Murrayfield are great. You you jump off a of haymarket and you walk for 20 minutes down the road. Like, to be honest, even from, from certain bits of Glasgow, it's probably easier to get to the dam than it is to get to Scottsdale. <laughs> yeah but well, we did it on friday and all of night. that affects it
2: yeah we did it on friday night you, you you drive down you park at ingolston and you right? get on the tram and you're there um and and you know and, and this is no disrespect to scottsland because scottsland has Scotston fool is a place um it's a place to be Scotston with two and a half thousand in it is a cold you
0: know it's like play, What's well, it's just like play. You're playing on it, you're basically playing on a, on, on, on a council pitch. That's what I feel that's what it must feel like when it's a half empty stadium. You might as well be playing during you know, an afternoon session on a council pitch.
2: Although the women's game has been, you know, most of the time has been played, um, at Scottsdale, um, yeah. uh, you know, when we didn't have the damn health. Um, but it's uh, as I say, uh, <laughs> there, was, there was lots of things I think, I think, um, you know, we. we there was there was um some good play. We're, we really shouldn't really be talking about these things when we've when we've got players putting a hell of a job in and and, and yeah. they look very, very good. But on the other side of things, I really do think that that the the SRU are getting this I feel a fair bit wrong at the moment and, yeah. and they can get the results that they probably want to have and we all want to have if, if they just made a few more thoughtful um decisions
0: yeah I mean there was lots to like I mean that the the defense at 77 minutes to hold out the you know the, the French try and to get the turnover and get back up the field you know a great commitment I think you know this group of players they look, they look like you know they're a hard group of players and I think Scotland are a hard team to beat they don't you know like you said you know beisle the way that she carried the whole game was just unbelievable. And then you've, you know, although I, I do want to, like you know, I was a bit worried for the end of the world, given that Emma Wassell missed a first consecutive cap in a while. I thought, oh, God, that's it. Yeah, I
2: thought... Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the Ravens leaving
0: <laughs> the Tower of London. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one, uh, one thing, and certainly from my point of view, I've just kind of tried to keep up with it online, is that I've, I've watched the first two games, obviously, and in the first two games, Scotland started really strongly. And then, obviously against the Red Roses, their, their depth and their professionalism just kind of crept into it. Against Wales, we made kind of mistakes that, that led them back into the game. When I saw us going that far down, I thought this is going to be a problem. But this was the first game where Scotland have had really have come out strong in the second half and come back into the game. So they've showed that obviously not only can they start strong, but they can finish strong as well. They just need to put it all together into one single game, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: I definitely think fitness levels are higher um mm-hmm. and 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 you know we talk about professionalism as in monetary um the professionalism of the of the team has raised as well um as in att- professional attitudes and they're they, they are they're willing to do an 80 minute whether they're up a, whether they're getting a job in or they're winning they are going to put in an 80 minute performance and uh, it's that's really pleasing to
0: see I mean in the context of the other games that France have, have played, Scotland have kept them to the lowest score. I mean mm. it was thirty-nine against Italy and forty past um Ireland. Mm. So actually then that con- in the context of the wider tournament, Scotland you know Scotland's defensive performance against France was, was certainly better than Ireland and Italy's on on on, on score. Mm. So that that's when we're talking about where Scotland are within the context of the kind of the semi-professional section of the Six Nations, you know, almost division, division B, the B, the B Conference B, of the TikTok Six Nations, you know, they're they're up there. And do you know, I think it? I think we might look back at this tournament and see that Wales game as a bit of a missed opportunity to maybe, have had a crack at third. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think I think yeah. if it was a I think if it was a reverse fixture, I think if Wales came to. St- Came to either Scotland or the Dam Health. I think we would have won it. Yeah. Um, I think. I think the crowd um, and the, you know, the, the minute, so you know, the minute Wales got a foothold, and the crowd got behind them, that's when we were in trouble. And I think. Um, I think that's where. And and and, not to equate it to the men's game, but that's where Edinburgh have have performed incredibly well at the Dam Health because the crowd is now behind them. Mm-hmm and so i think that's um i, I, I think uh, you know we have to start at the beginning and say right well you know um if we can get the crowds there that gives them an extra percent five percent You know.
0: yeah yeah and the crowd's been so close to the pitch at the dam as well compared to mm. yeah. you know scottson where you've got the running track and stuff it's yeah
1: if you look at it purely from from like a bookmaker's point of view a home a home team when it comes to, to the spread at the bookies, gets three points. Mm-hmm. So, so the three points that the bookies assume that you get from playing at home is the difference in that game against Wales.
2: Mm. And that's yes. what the score was. You know, that's exactly. You know, we, we had we had the opportunity there, um, and we we're at the level of Wales. And and the and for me, the Ireland the, the Ireland game will be the, the will be the telling. The test to the tell you know, that's where that's that's where we'll know definitely our position within the six nations,
0: yeah. Okay, well, let's leave it for this week. We'll be we'll kind of talk about this Italy game this weekend, so we'll see where we are after that. Um, also, this weekend is the start of the Super Six Sprint series. Um, I don't Do I get to bring my is- fan back out. You can do if you want to. <laughs> I'm very excited about the Southern Knights. My my, Craig. My 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 my, my. Um, So the Super Six this year is going to be. There's going to be essentially three three tournaments within it. There's the Sprint Series that we've got now. Then we're, there's going to be a North v South. Finally, getting a return of the districts. I think this is just to satisfy <laughs> bo- Scottish rugby boomers. <laughs> Look here, have a have a districts game. Be happy, (laughs) and then it's the normal Super Six after that. It's, I don't know, it feels, I don't know what the point of the sprint series is, if I'm honest. I'm struggling to understand it, Craig. I don't,
2: it's almost like it's a pre season,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, we couldn't find any proper pre season for them, so we're gonna have our own.
2: They haven't played a few games, so let's get you know, these boys are being paid for it to, to, you know. Semi, semi paid for this job. Let's get them out and have a go. And uh, you know, it's an interesting one. I, I, I don't understand it. And this is the problem, though. You know, last season we kind of all went into the into the super six kind of going on. Well, so super six, you know, not so sure it's it, it's a good idea. Not all that sure. And then all of a sudden, we really enjoyed it. So maybe I'm hoping that it's going to be ah, oh, this sprint series was amazing, but I, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Are you looking forward to yeah. it, Johnny. <sighs>
1: I'd like a lot of the stuff that was that was really good about the Super 6 isn't really there for this print series. Like we liked the Super Six last year because it was like late summer rugby, loads of running about, it was really good fun. There was the Friday night games. And like, yeah, I don't know. It just this doesn't really have to, It's like it's seven season. Yeah. So why are we bothering with the Super Six?
2: a Super Six Seven seat Seven
0: Series. See, now we're
1: talking.
0: Besting. There we go. Now we're talking. Rugby X Super Six Rugby Ten. <laughs> <laughs> they have you have to play. Need, I think home, to, what what the Super I think what the Sprint Series should have been. And I saw you, if you're listening, you can have this idea for free. Is that in the Sprint Series every week they play a different form of rugby? So they start with sevens. <laughs> And then they play rugby X. Then they play rugby Tens. Then they just have some a game of rugby league for, for the for the laugh, and then they <laughs> end up with a game of Fifteens.
1: That's five games
0: as well. So that's perfect. Perfect, exactly. There we go, yeah. So this Prince Two should be a display of every form. <laughs> just of add rugby. more players every game. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, but I don't. It's interesting because there was a few things that have come out I think recently about the Super Six. One is that the SRU have taken money. I don't want it from they're they're able to find money, you see, Craig, when they want to. There's money from the development funds in order to basically pay the coaches of the Super Six teams to be full time, which I assume there's like money from a coaching development point of view. But you've got, I suppose you've got Pete Horn's not going to do it for free, is he, Johnny?
1: (laughs) No, and I mean, like, I know we, we laugh at that and you know we've just talked about the women and stuff but at the same time we shouldn't be expecting them to do it for free it's uh it's being, being the head coach of super six franchise i imagine is quite a big job and so like yeah it is uh funny that this money's just appeared when we've been talking about all the things we need money for 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 a long time but i don't want it to sound at the same time like we're begrudging the coaches this money because it's a lot of work, especially if they go to three tournaments.
2: I don't begrudge I don't begrudge the coaches money. What I do begrudge is the fact that we asked these these teams to apply to be super six teams. They could put it in their business plan to pay their coaches. They don't have to rely on the Six Nations uh, sorry, Six Nations, the SRU to pay their coaches for them. Unless the SRU are saying, right, well, we're going to pay these coaches because we want to develop them and they are going to be the next coaches of Edinburgh, Glasgow and, and Scotland. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to if you know, if you look at these these super six teams that, that, that put in their bid to be a super six team and they said, yes, we can afford to pay players and et cetera, et cetera, well, surely you put it in your business plan that you're going to pay
0: your coach. Um, it's even worse because I've got it wrong when I've reread the bit. It's not the hedge coaches that they're uh, looking to pay. It's actually the general managers who are responsible for the, for the commercial <laughs> side of the game. <laughs> so, so we're paying. Probably
1: be coming to... from their executive development fund at Old oh. Glory. This is, That's all uh, I'm this say. is
0: Jim Malander. I'm not doing my Jim Malander voice. He says, <laughs> I'm very, really pleased we've been able to allocate existing funding for each team in support of the general manager roles. Um, whilst we've previously invested on field we now feel the time is right to support and invest the teams off field within budget the general manager is responsible for developing and improving all off-field activities prioritizing commercial expansion and overseeing the marketing and communication strategy of each of their teams but i mean right, the, I, the, I don't the, know the whole point the cool. of the franchise that they did that themselves
2: I make my point again and and take away the coach's name and put in the general manager's
1: name. Right, maybe I have got this wrong, but I'm so sure, me and Cammy were talking about this the other day, that when, we, when this investment in Old Glory was announced, one of the plans was that it was a pathway for developing executives, wasn't it? They were going to go to the MLR, which was like American sports. We're going to get all these great ideas that American sports have got. We're going to develop executives that way. They're going to come back to Scotland. They're going to bring some American razzle-dazzle from the MLR in. So why are we now also paying more general managers in a semi-professional league?
0: So I'm just having a look at the uh, original um The investment was to
1: come
2: up with a new flinty. That's the issue. <laughs> They came came back from the MLR and said, You know, the old Flinty, the the, the wraparound glasses does not work for me. It
1: needs to go, it needs to get a big round (laughs) face.
0: When you design it, use your slightly darker brown felt tip.
1: (laughs) Ah, We we need a Flinty that will drive a motorcycle past someone when they're trying to kick a conversion. (laughs) (laughs) That's what two years of the MLR have taught me. You are welcome.
0: I'm trying to, so yeah, it just said it was all about expanding. Scottish rugby's global footprint. So, yeah,
2: Pinching did I invent that
1: about the executives?
0: I'm look, I'm trying to look through the. Uh,
2: I think they've got somebody over there saying, "Oh, I know you play American rugby, but have you got a Scottish journey?"
0: He <laughs> <laughs> just said, um, "It's investment." the uh, an investment exploring the feasibility of creating an mlr team in dc um yeah there was nothing about it being to develop it's important we're creative and develop opportunities beyond our own so it talks about it says it's important we're creative and develop opportunities beyond our own borders and we're very much looking forward to growing our relationship with the team in washington in the years to come this is dominic mckay then Mark Dodson added, it's a strategic international partnership which I am pleased to have secured to become the first tier one nation to take this step with the team in the MLR. We see this relationship as having a number of benefits for rugby in Scotland as well as developing our global global rugby footprint. Nah, maybe so I, I think, didn't invent that. Yeah, I think you might have de- invented that. But it, is, <laughs> they, it was financial investment and operational support they put forward so oh, right, maybe I've of the wrong
1: way then. Yeah,
0: but they made a financial investment and put in operational support, which says they taught them how to sell tickets.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Taught them how to make money, and then what they do the the the, the first, um, the first major. Um, uh rugby nation to be involved in the uh, take this step in the mlr but we are
0: and, quite are still a the, bit and back. I still and and <laughs> now still the only and now still the only tier one nation to invest the only nation to invest because everybody else looked at it and went nah you're all right
2: nah you're alright yeah and then we're now way down the pecking order in, in women's rugby. Well done. Nice open thinking
0: there. Yeah. But so Super six I mean I'm quite I'm excited about Super Six being back like you said, John, it was good summer rugby. There's a few play I mean, um, I think Ian was going to be with us tonight, but he's um, he's incapacitated. He's blaming his new mattress. Um, <laughs> the um, Yari Fantini, who played for Sheffield, he's gone to Benetton. There's a fair few players I think have moved on elsewhere, which I guess it shows the standard of the competition. They were able to do that. There's a few young- I'm interested. Nathan Chamberlain's been linked. Is being not linked to as in there's a rumor he is going to be linked with. The My Mai, Mai Southern Knights, Craig. And
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because um just after at the end of the season, um after being in a final, the My my Southern Knights seemed to implode quite dramatically. Yeah. And um a huge amount of players just departed. Um
1: well, Ayrshire Bulls have got something like I think when I was trying to count, it was like 15 or 16 of their 23 for tomorrow night are on debut. And that's the other thing now. Yeah.
0: I, I wonder if this will kind of come to characterise, as much as the SIU sold this as, this isn't a development league. This is us kind of giving the teams that have been pushing to be professional an opportunity to do so. But given, if you... It is. It's going to be a development league of every season. You're starting mm. with 15 debutants in your team. It's. It's essentially a debut. You know, and you're having to top up the squads with academy players. It's a development league, which isn't a bad thing. I personally, I think that's what it should have been all along.
2: Well, I, I would have expected all of our under-20s Scotland players to be involved in one of the teams, yeah, somehow, because that's how you develop them.
0: Well, that's where Murray Redpath signed for the Southern Knights.
2: Mm. Yeah,
0: and given like you said the main difference you know you looked at the some of the physical differences between scotland and the other under 20s nations in the six nations they need to be you know the super six was was a very good physical test mm-hmm. i would say and you look at what you know southern knights i think played that game at the end of last season against uh falcons a side with you know they had mike brown in that team and i know they Parachute the likes of Jacob van der Vault and a couple of other Embra guys in, but it was still largely a Southern Knights team that beat them. Yeah. So again, I think that it it shows that the standard of competition is there and it's maybe is a good place to to physically test the under 20s players and bring them up to scratch much quicker. Yeah, you only not, 11 uh, David
1: Tons, by the way, but that's still half your team. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting but, one to see because,
2: yeah. you know, It's it really, is, no matter how many, how many times people, you know, deny it, it is a development league. It's got to be a development league. That's the, why, why invest a huge amount of money into it to not have it feeding the professional teams and feeding the, uh, because you're giving these players a glimpse of semi-professional rugby. Um, whether they're they're young or whether they're old, and 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 you're getting a mixture of some of the players who used to play professional uh, for professional teams are either coming back to coach or they or they're slipping back into play as well. So the it's developing their, your your younger teams and your future professionals. I would have expected you know it's got to be a development.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see how that goes. I'm, far, I'm excited about it again. We'll yeah, it's cover nice to it. have it back. Yeah. I, I think we
2: need to start merchandising, though. I think it needs to be. We need to start seeing some, uh, some, fans. Uh, some fans hoodies and stuff like that. And uh, you know, and uh, you know,
0: I'm going to be in. I'm going to go. I'm I'm in Melrose on holiday in June. I'm going to go and get myself some Southern Night stash. Oh, Southern I'll tell Knight's. you what,
1: the Sterling County Night stash is absolutely beautiful.
0: Is it because their really their nice. kit last year? We, we talked about their kit, particularly their shorts last season. Um, yeah, the, um,
1: it's <laughs> the all their like off-field stuff and and the rest of their stash is quite because it's Nike stuff. Obviously, it's quite similar to the Fiji stuff, right? So, it is, it's really have they, nice.
0: Have they done that thing where they've just like every, you know you, you just go and buy it off the peg, and it is essentially the Fiji stuff. <laughs> But they just stick the sterling stick, stick the badge on it. Put an iron on transfer. Yeah. Muckle palm tree. How come you've got a palm tree on your kit? So, uh, yeah,
1: as, as you know how the Fiji stuff is all like, it's got the tick in the middle It says Fiji underneath it. It's basically like that, but it says county underneath instead. But it's nice though. I like it. Okay. I, I can
2: see uh, Johnny's uh, nailing his, uh, his allegiances to a certain... A certain uh, flagpole now with uh, with just because their <laughs> kit looks really good.
1: Who whoever's got the nicest kit is who I will support and I'll support them twice as hard if they send me that kit.
0: <laughs> That's all I'm saying. They have got it through kit locker, so it is, it is to be fair, that is nice. They've got it Isn't through it? kit locker though, so it is just a generic Nike stuff for their badge on. But it is that is that to be fair, it is nice. And and do you know what this the sponsors logo is nice as well? <laughs> i like a good i like a good when when the sponsor's logo is done sympathetically yeah it can look really nice yeah so no no i agree that is that is nice that is nice dash i'll have to see what the Southern nights one looks like for when i go in june
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's a, a special bonnet with 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 a, nice <laughs> with a fan
0: yeah <laughs> if that's if i was if i was the uh that's what i'd be doing if i was the marketing director if i was the general manager Southern nights <laughs> free paper fans for everybody. And when the score, when, when, whenever we score, every, the whole crowd goes "my my." And, With "try"
2: written on the back of one of them.
0: Yeah, oh, <laughs> <My, my. laughs>
1: I'm so glad that Super Six is back.
0: Yeah, all the way to the end of August, Johnny. <laughs> um. Okay. Um, that's it for this week I think we're going to do the Patreon podcast in a minute but um, that's for the end of the main podcast for this week um, we'll be we're we'll back next probably next Wednesday we'll see how things go um, either Wednesday or Thursday next week to review the Scotland Italy game uh, talk about the first round of the Super 6 sprint um, at that point we won't know yet whether Berwick have finished above Howard Fife in uh, National 3 and been promoted we should know that in a couple of weeks though two games mm-hmm. in hand We'll see how that goes. Two games in hand.
2: Yeah. There's no way. It's not happening.
0: (laughs) Three points difference at the minute and two games in hand, Craig. (laughs)
2: We'll
0: see. We'll see. (laughs) Anyway, for the moment, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Craig and Johnny.
1: Bye. Well.